are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, I chose the message today, Jesus Use Me. And uh, it's a mighty promise, a mighty commitment to the Lord to ask him to, to use us and to, to lead us. I'm just going to read the scripture. In the year that uh, is Isaiah chapter 6, 1 and 8, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings, and with two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the thongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I. Send me. Jesus, use me. After my first year of Bible college, I was invited by my pastor to preach at my home church in Fort McMurray Gospel Church in Fort McMurray. I sang a song with my guitar that evening that expressed my decision to go all the way for Jesus. And the song was, the words of the song went were like this, Jesus, use me. And, O Lord, don't refuse me, for surely there's a work that I can do. And even if it's humble, Lord, help my will to crumble. And though the cost be great, I'll work for you. God, in his wisdom, has created us in his spiritual image. Because of Adam's disobedience, the whole human race became sinners. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And since I've been serving God, I've been trying in some way to help people find that gift of eternal life rather than reap the wages of of sin. Jesus, the second Adam, died in our place. 
It is God's plan to use people who will believe to draw other people back to him. He wants every lost soul to be saved. First, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so, my first point is God wants you. I found a little story that goes like this. A fire started in the grasslands uh, close to a farm. All the neighbors rushed to, to the scene, but the fire was more than they could handle. And somebody suggested that they, f- they called a volunteer fire department. Well, the volunteers arrived in a worn-out old truck. They rumbled straight through towards the fire, drove right into the middle of the flames, and stopped. The firefighters jumped out and up from the truck and frantically started spraying water in every direction, and soon they had put out the fire. As the farmer watched this, he was impressed and grateful that his house and farm had been spared. He quickly got out his checkbook and wrote a check for $1,000 and gave it to the captain of the fire brigade. A local newspaper news reporter asked the volunteer fire captain, now, that, now, what do you plan to do with the funds you just received? And the captain replied, well, the first thing we're going to do is get the brakes fixed on that truck. <laughs> the volunteer firemen knew that they were poorly equipped. They went away They went anyway because there was a need. You know that God needs you. God needs your help in spreading his gospel. We sometimes back away from God's call. It's easy to make excuses. But God speaks hope for the hopeless. In Isaiah 1.18 We read, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. When Isaiah heard God calling, he thought he had the perfect excuse not to answer the call. And he said, woe is me, for I am lost, I'm undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. And when you get into the presence of God, when the presence of God is near, you can sense your own unworthiness. You can sense your sinful nature. In other words, Isaiah thought that his propensity to sin disqualified him from serving God. But I believe that that vision brought revelation into his life. He began to see himself in a different light. Not as a man who was unclean and undone, but a man who had been cleansed. Because when the angel touched his lips with that live coal, the same experience happened to him that happened to you and I when we came one day and said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come into my life. I want you to be my Savior. 
and he was cleansed from his sin. He began to see himself as God sees him. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 to 12 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have all together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. And that's where we found ourselves. One day we realized that we were amongst that group of people. And we asked Christ to come into our hearts. And things changed. Later on in his writings, he speaks prophetically of God's answer for our sinful ways. In Isaiah 53, 6, we read, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Do you know something? That was spoken about Jesus by Isaiah 700 years Yes, that's right. It's not a mistake. 700 years before Jesus was even born, he had a prophetic vision of Jesus taking away our sins, suffering for our sins, taking our place so that we didn't have to die. When God asked, whom shall I send and who will go for me? Energized by the Holy Spirit, Isaiah volunteered, Here am I, send me. The church needs volunteers. The church can't exist without volunteers. We have some wonderful volunteers at Colate Community Church. Oftentimes, our volunteers don't even ask, don't even have to be asked. They come up and they say, I see a need. Can I do that? And in every area of life, we see it happening over and over again. Secondly, God will equip you for service. If you offer yourself for service, God will equip you. God not only wants to use you, but he will also equip and enable you to accomplish what he calls you to do. I'm a good example of that. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Basically, Moses was in exile. He had killed an Egyptian because he was being, being mean to, a, to one of the, the Israelite slaves. And he's over there tending sheep. And uh, God spoke to Moses from a burning bush. And he said to Moses, basically, he said, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Is, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And God said, I will be with you. And folks, we have that promise. That promise has been spoken to every one of us. I will never leave you or forsake you. That's truth. That's right from the lips of God. God said to Moses, oh, and God said, I will never leave you. And Moses asked, who shall I say sent me? And God said to Moses, I am who I am, or I am that I am, another version says. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. 
I am has sent me to you. And there's a lot of controversy of what that means. But the best one that I have, I have read is that God just said something that was so beyond anything else that could be said. He was the mighty creator of the world. He is whatever you need him to be. He is for you in that hour. And God spoke into Moses' doubt with an encouraging word. I will be with you. Folks, when you get this truth down in your spirit, that changes everything. God will not just call you to a ministry. He will accompany you everywhere you go. Every hour of the day, he will be with you. He'll be by your side. His Holy Spirit will guide you. His Holy Spirit will be in you, helping you in everything. He will prepare the way for you. God intends for you and I to succeed. He never intends for any of us to be a failure. Anytime we fail we have looked to our own strength rather than to what God does in our lives with his help you can fulfill any task that the Lord assigns you it doesn't matter how grim it looks it doesn't matter even if it looks like you're losing you will be successful if you allow God to to uh, to guide your ship I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength Effie and I pastored at Drumhiller, Alberta for two years. And all the older members of the congregation would tell us a story of a man named Tilton, R.S. Tilton, one of their church members. R.S. Tilton was a, a resident, a longtime resident of Drumhiller. In his non-Christian days, he was known around town as Shoutin' Tilton. He was loud and drunk most of the time. He would awaken the residents at night on his way home from the bars, singing and shouting on his way. One evening, Tilton stumbled into the Pentecostal church in Drumhiller, and there he received Jesus Christ as his Savior and got filled with the Holy Spirit. His he got radically changed, but he never stopped shouting. Now he was shouting for the Lord and going home Sunday evenings and Sunday evening services in Pentecostal churches went on to 10, 11 o'clock at night and sometimes 12. And he left the church and on his way home he was singing the praises of God and shouting glory, hallelujah, and everyone heard him. He still woke them up. Shoutin' Tilton remained to be Shoutin' Tilton. Tilton sensed a call to full-time ministry and visited the PAOC district office in Edmonton. They suggested that he get some formal Bible training, but Tilton walked up to each of the executive officers and he asked each one of them, did the Lord tell you that I cannot preach. And each one had to agree, admit, that no such word from the Lord had come to them. So R.S. Tilton said, then I'm ready to preach, and I'm going to preach. And so they sent him to Northwest Territories. And after, <laughs> <laughs> and 
After a couple of years up there, he moved down to southern Alberta and became the, the lead pastor in First Assembly Church, one of the largest churches in Calgary right now. Sometime later, he became the superintendent of the Alberta Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. You see, what we make available to God, he empowers for service. Amen? You can't count anyone out. You can look at them. Moses said, I, 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 I'm not able to speak. I stutter. Makes no difference if God's call is upon your life. There are plenty of people that I have heard their testimony of how they stuttered like everything. And when they stood to preach the gospel, they were clear and very distinct in their speaking. Thirdly, place your confidence in what God can and will do in your life. Amen? Don't be afraid to step out for God. If he's calling you to do something, do it. Jesus is building his church, and we are instruments in his hands. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 to 5, Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and, and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand, Moses? And Moses said, it's a staff. It's what I use to keep the sheep in line. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And he ran from it. And then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Everybody knows you don't take a snake by the tail. It's a good recipe to get bitten. So Moses reached out his hand in faith and took the snake by the tail and it turned back to his staff again. You say, man, pastor, that sounds like, a bit like magic to me. No, that's the supernatural. That's the supernatural hand, the working of God. And he said, in, and this, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to you. I'll work miracles with your staff on your behalf. And Moses argued, as we often do, Lord, maybe they won't believe me or listen to me. God responded with the supernatural signs. God will grant you and I supernatural signs following the preaching of his word, following the teaching of his word. Mark 16, 20 attest to that. Spiritual gifts needed to accomplish his design task. He'll give them to you. You may be thinking, I'm nobody. No one will pay attention to me. Why should anyone believe that God has called me? That's wrong thinking. That's not walking in faith. God will give you the abilities and the gifts needed for the calling. Don't belittle your volunteer service. It's a calling. It's a service to God. Little is much when God is in it. You may think what I'm doing is not much. It's very important. Every time you start brewing coffee there on Sunday morning, that's important. 
That's a service to God. Every time you volunteer for children's church or nursery, that's a service to God. Every time you, you, you decide that you're going to help on the door in, in, in being a greeter or an usher or working the sound or playing the, the music or leading worship or whatever you may be doing or picking up some garbage outside the church door, it's a service to God. The Holy Spirit takes your limited set of natural skills and, and elevates them to a higher, more effective level for his glory. In Exodus chapter 4, 10, Moses said, I'm slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said, who gave human beings their mouth? Is it not I, the Lord? If I gave you a mouth, if I gave you a tongue, don't you think that I can work that tongue for my glory? It's not I. Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will help you speak, and will teach you what to say. Be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6 says, Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Holy Spirit in you is what makes you competent to do the work that God wants you to do. Amen? You can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And every time you stand in that strength and that power, you are not operating in your own abilities. You're not operating in your education. You're not operating in what you have learned in books. You are operating underneath the power of the divine unction of the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about your speaking abilities. Paul said that he was unskilled in speaking. Yet God used him to teach the word and to write much of the New Testament. In addition to planting many churches. As you ponder God's desire to use you. Don't dwell on your fears. But on the reliability of God's promises. With this, now I'm true. I just want to read Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, 4 and 10. The word of the Lord came to me. Chapter, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 10. The word of the Lord came to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign God, I said. I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See today, 
I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Like Moses, Jeremiah had fears and insecurities. I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. But God said, just say what I tell you to say. I'll put my words in your mouth. So in conclusion, God, the Holy Spirit, will empower and enable you to do whatever he calls you to do. God wants to use you. Strive to be the best you can be in your chosen profession. Make yourself available for service in the local church. To be a doctor, to be a lawyer, to be a laborer, to be a power engineer, to be a, a general in the army or the air force, to be a private. It's all callings of God. But in those callings, we got to lay aside some time for the Lord. Support your local church with time, talent, and finances. The Lord's work is teamwork. And we can't make it unless we pull together. Some of us don't have two coppers. That's money. It's one cent. Coppers, we call it in Newfoundland. We're used to anyway. They probably don't call it that back there anymore, no. But we don't have any money. But we've got time and we've got talent. All of us, we've got more money than we know what to do with. Give a portion of it to the Lord. Let him bless you. It's teamwork. Just respond as Isaiah did when he heard God call. And he said, I'll go, Lord. Send me. Turn your ears, your ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Say, yes, Lord, use me. Would you want to stand with me this morning? I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for what you've done in the service today. We want to thank you, Lord, that you're a great God. You know exactly, Lord, what needs to be done and when it needs to be done. And I pray, Lord, that this word will find a lodging place in our hearts. Bless us as we go to our different homes. Bless us around our, our lunch table. And Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to make this word alive. In Jesus' mighty name. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.